we're finally back with another episode. Um, we didn't get to react to the actual results of the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals or predict what we thought was going to go uh, happening in the actual finals. But um, I think our last episode, we I think all the predictions were right. And we basically covered it. Um, so, finals, like... Warriors and six ended up being what happened. Um, I think that's what I picked initially, yeah, but I don't. <laughs> it definitely didn't go the way that I thought it would. Like I think over the course of the series, especially the first three games, it felt like um, Boston was the more talented team, mm-hmm. and then as it went on, it felt like Golden State was the tougher team. Um, what is your um, opinion of like? How those teams stacked up? Did the right team win? What do you think happened? I think, you know, I wanted the Celtics, but I think the Warriors won because of their experience mm-hmm. already being there. The Celtics, I think, got in situations with like, oh, we have a brand new coach. Mm-hmm. All of our players are young and have never, ever been to the finals. Yeah. Um, I think they got into situations like that where the Warriors were calm and knew what to do. Mm-hmm. Compared to the Celtics kind of freaking out and Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown trying to take over at bad times. Stuff yeah. Like yeah. I definitely think so. I think although I was going for Golden State, I do have to say I was really impressed with how Boston's defense held up all the way till the last game. Mm-hmm. Like they were still um, just as hard to score on. Um, but yeah, exactly what you said. I felt like they definitely were, were forcing things towards the end. Um I was surprised that it wasn't Marcus Smart that was shooting them out of games because if we would have had betting uh, odds on that, I would have taken him. Yeah. But, um, and again, I'm just, I, I marvel at how Jalen Brown can somehow still score so well and also be such a turnover machine mm-hmm. at the same time. Like, um, Usually when that happens, and maybe it's credit to his mentality, like when somebody gets embarrassingly stripped on those plays over and over and over again, um, they lose their confidence and they stop making shots or they stop taking them all together. He was still making them. Um, I think he and Rob Williams are definitely the most consistent Boston players throughout mm-hmm. that series. Um, and one thing that really surprised me was it felt like all throughout the playoffs, we talked about Boston being this team that was so deep. And once it got to the finals, it didn't feel that way anymore. It felt like Derek White fell off the planet. Mm-hmm. Grant Williams sucked. Like Peyton Pritchard looked scared to be out there. Like, yep. um, what do you think happened to Boston's depth? Because they did that was a strength initially, and then it became a kind of the worst thing. Yeah, that that was the one thing I really noticed. Um, I was I was surprised because mm-hmm. I thought Grant Williams would have shown up more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, I'm, I thought Peyton Pritchard was going to play pretty well. Mm-hmm. He had, I mean, he's shown up in the last series, and I was like, wow. I mean, yeah. I think their chances get better if they can rest certain players mm-hmm. and still get a good amount of production from their bench players. But, I mean, it seemed like they could barely even play six people. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was pretty rough for a minute. Like, I, I would say Derek White was probably the closest to someone mm-hmm. they could play, um, but he wasn't shooting well. He at least defended well and moved mm-hmm. the ball. Um, on the other side, I think we probably wouldn't have thought of Golden State as a super deep team going in, but I think Gary Payton or Moses Moody even, or Kaminga would have all played 
on Boston mm-hmm. during that series. I think mean, if they were on that team, they would have earned minutes because that's what they needed was yep. the stuff they bring. So um, it's interesting to see that um, parallel that Moses Moody probably didn't play one minute of real time outside of garbage time. If he even got any garbage time, mm-hmm. um, but he probably would have played 25 minutes a night in Boston. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Sometimes the, the rich just get richer. <laughs> but, um, Ooh, that is actually, that is one thing I needed to remember to discuss. Before we get to that, um, what are your thoughts on Steph finally getting the finals MVP? Man, I'm excited for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, haters can't say, you know, oh, he doesn't have this. Yeah. Because he just got it. Um, just adds another thing to the resume. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, I thought, you know, he's he's getting older I was not expecting him to perform the way he did yeah. in the final. Like, I didn't think it felt as crazy outside of Game 6 and Game mm-hmm. 4 as it was. But then looking back, he averaged over 30 a game in the finals. And there's a, only a handful of people who've ever done that. And that is just crazy. I think uh, he's got a way of... like He'll put up quiet points and also loud points. And it's not... But it kind of ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. Like um, he can have a game where he felt like he sucked, but he had twenty five. Yeah. Or he can have the loudest like thirty ever because they bring the roof down every mm-hmm. time he makes a three. So um, he definitely showed up. Um, just like you said, no, the haters can't say it now, and that's my biggest thing. Like, um, I mean, we talked about how excited I was that um, Dallas destroyed Phoenix mm-hmm. during that series, <laughs> um, but even as recently as last year. You know, I was talking about how it was going for the Suns because I don't want that to be a thing that the haters bring up about Chris Paul later. Like, I know for a fact that we're going to be, like, in our 30s and some kid is going to be like, dude, Chris Paul, he sucks. He never got a ring. And we're like, whoa, (laughs) I watched Chris Paul my whole life. He was the best point guard I've ever seen. And even though I don't like him, like, I'll be like, dude, that guy was amazing. And just because he didn't get a ring doesn't cancel all that out. Like, Kyle Lowry got a ring, and he's, like, a good player, but he's no Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Like, where are we going to start saying he's better now? Like, so yeah, exactly. I, I'm just glad for Steph that that's not something that has to be brought up now. Mm-hmm. Um, weird turn of events that seems to have uh, inadvertently started throwing uh, shrapnel at the Durant finals. <laughs> a lot of people are now saying those almost don't count, mm-hmm. um, which is really <laughs> weird. Um, I think historically even if it was so loaded, like they had the best record of all time Mm -hmm. in one of those seasons. Like that is still a historical significant thing that just happened. Um, My next question for this is let's talk about some of the what ifs on this roster, because if golden state had just drafted LaMelo ball instead of Wiseman, this team would have been even crazier. Mm -hmm. Um, and they would have had to give up zero to do that. Wiseman didn't play all season. Um, or what if Minnesota had taken LaMelo or Wiseman first and they get Anthony Edwards, like that would be nuts. So Mm -hmm. like, it's almost like the, the what ifs of the Celtics would lend bias kind of thing. Like they could have had a immediate all-star on their team on a team that already is winning the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I think Wiseman is is going to for sure be a bust. Like, we don't know that yet. I don't think he's like Marvin Bagley situation yet. But um, but really interesting to think of what could have happened. You know, I, I saw something on this 
earlier today, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of how he performed his rookie season when Golden State was – they weren't good because mm-hmm. um, Clay was out. Mm-hmm. And I saw some of his highlights and stuff, and I was like, I, I really think he has potential. Um, I don't know if Golden State now, since they won and don't really need him, mm-hmm. if they're going to you know play it out and give, him, give Kevon Looney maybe a nice backup. Mm-hmm. Or if they're going to trade them and see what they can get. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting. Um, I think the same thing with Moses Moody. Mm-hmm. Now that you have Clay back, Gary Payton performed really well this year. Yeah. I mean, those two draft picks they had, they're, I mean, if you, if you gave, like you were talking about, mm-hmm. Moses Moody could have played 25 minutes for Boston. Yeah. I think you could get good trade value for them for the future of when. The Steph Clay Draymond era is over. Yeah. So I th- I think personally, I would kind of shop the market and see what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think they have depth that they can spare for mm-hmm. sure. It's not like if they trade a couple of guys, like they're screwed now. Like they have, um, you know, really good depth. I, I would imagine some roster spots opening up too with mm-hmm. Iguodala probably retiring, um, stuff like that. So I mean, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, what do you think now that we have hindsight, they've won the title? Um, they almost could have potentially made a trade at the deadline. Uh, I think a lot of stuff was talked about with Wiggins, mm-hmm. with um, Wiseman, with draft picks. Um, I guess the right answer is that they made the right call since they won. Um, what would this team have looked like if they did make a trade? Are they even in the second round? If you. Depending on what they would have gotten, if you let go of Wiggins, you would not have been. They would not have been where they were at. Yeah, I agree. I think Wiggins being the second best player on a team that won the finals mm-hmm. is probably the most surprising turnaround of a guy that it seemed like we thought just didn't want it that bad. Um, I guess it just proves that maybe situation and coaching is everything. I mean, mm-hmm. hardly anyone has had. Um, a less successful setup um, for the start yeah. of their career than Wiggins. Like, <laughs> and you know what? He's not the guy that's going to go out there and and kill teams and score thirty. Like, that's mm-hmm. not who he is. And he was drafted to be that guy, but he's not. And he's in a situation now where no one thinks he is or wants him to be, and it worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that has been a really interesting redemption story. Um. Do you think this particular title they won qualifies as being attached to the other three, making it a dynasty? Or do you think this is a kind of separate thing? It's kind of tricky because the core is mostly the same. Yeah, that's that's a real tricky question because, like, you look at Draymond, Steph, and Clay, and you're like, well, yeah, they've won this amount. Mm -hmm. But then... You add in a player like Wiggins, who this is his first one, and with Golden State, mm-hmm. it's almost like he replaced KD. Um, I don't. That's a hard question. Yeah. I I think you have to give it a dynasty, mm-hmm. just because they kept they've kept three players that mm-hmm. have started on all of them. Yeah, I think you got to keep it as a dynasty. I think so too, because of also the two they didn't win mm-hmm. that they did make it. And if you make it to that many titles in a row, um, I mean, you, I mean, the, the cliche, right, is a make or miss league. Like mm-hmm. you were a few made shots away from having like six. And yeah. so that to me 
does qualify. I think it's just about as much distance as you can have and still qualify. Like I think any more than that, and it's a different era. Yeah. Um, which is why I think it's it, it's a debate about whether the Spurs were a dynasty. You know, like the titles are so spread out, although yeah. the core was the same. But at the same time, they never missed the playoffs for eighteen straight years. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, what do you do with that? Um, so. But I, I do, I agree. I think this one does qualify as a dynasty. Um, do you think Draymond Green was a net positive or net negative for the series? <laughs> that's, a t- that's a hard question because some games he was positive and some he was negative. I think overall, if I, if I kind of throw out like his numbers, mm-hmm. I think you can give him a positive. Because yeah. he's still like his experience showed. Yeah. I think once he was getting mad and like, you know, drawn fouls and just not playing well, mm-hmm. he turned around in the last game. And I think he's a big reason why they won. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think his experience, his like lack of fear, his, um, they're, they're de- they've definitely always been a team that almost needs a challenge for them mm-hmm. to show up. Like they'll definitely screw around and turn the ball over a lot if they're not locked in. And um, I definitely agree. I think Draymond Green is probably the most perfect example of like this guy means this for this team, but if he went somewhere else, he wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And he just fits what they do so well. Um, I mean, there's probably been a lot of guys that were that way in the NBA and that's probably where a lot of like disappointment has come from. Like, you know, you make a trade and this guy's not what you thought he was. It's like, well, he just means something different to that team. Like, I think one, um, example is like the old version of Wade where like he went to Cleveland and Chicago and he was not good. He went back to Miami and instantly put up numbers again, even though he was mm-hmm. old. And it was like, well, Miami knows how to play him. Like there's just something to that. Um, so I agree. I agree. What do you think of, the whole Jason Tatum finals experience. Cause that has been something to unpack. <laughs> it was, it was Rocky. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he felt like he needed to do more than he really needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, I feel like if he would have, I don't think he trusted his teammates as much as he should have. Mm-hmm. Granted, he had a really good game. The game one, he had 12 and 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and they won. He looked like a whole different player compared to game six where he was forcing up shots and things like that. Um, Boston's going to be in the finals again, and I think Tatum's going to learn from this experience, and they're going to be a lot better when it comes to their time again. Okay, okay, awesome. I think... I'm undecided. Mm -hmm. I feel like I agree with all of that. And yes, there are hardly any players have gone through age 24 and even done what he's done so far. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think there is a psychological element of the way he played that leads me to believe I can't trust that he will ever be the killer he wants people to think he is. Like he had, like, I mean, as you said, game one, he was distributing, he had 12 points. Mm-hmm. Game six, game is the season's on the line. We're about to die. Thirteen total points. Two of them were in the second half yeah. for the series. Less than thirty percent 
shooting on two pointers. Like there is something definitely psychological mm-hmm. that goes into, I am not like even attempting shots and I'm not sure what that is. I don't know if it was the pressure. I definitely know a lot of it was a minutes load. Um, he, yeah. I think had the most, uh, oh, I can't remember what the stat was. He was in the top five of minutes per season, uh, and in the playoffs. I think he was the most during the playoffs, if I remember hearing that correctly. But, um, and there wasn't a lot of, um, carrying happening, happening from anyone else besides Jalen Brown. So I definitely think that had a big part of it. Um, I, I know I always go back to this, but I definitely feel like all the, um, channeling Kobe stuff is almost more, <laughs> he's, I think he's trying to convince himself more mm-hmm. than he is everybody else. Yeah. Um, because he's never been that guy. Marcus Smart is the loudest guy on that team. Yeah. And, you know, Kobe had bad games and Kobe had bad moments, but every one of Kobe's bad games or bad moments was a going down swinging ball hog mm-hmm. type of moment of you guys aren't doing it. I'll do it myself. And what we saw instead was uh man, we don't have it. No attempted shots. Mm-hmm. And that could maybe be corrected. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. That worries me a little bit. Um, it's not the end of the world, though. I do think, um, at least for the first couple of games, I think the shoulder was still bothering him. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't seem that way in game five and six, but at that point, maybe it just felt over. Who knows? Um, I don't know. I guess we will find out. Do you think Jason Tatum will become that guy for a team? Because, I mean... Boston it, wants him to. <laughs> yeah. Um he still has, I think if you give him two more years with someone next to him, I think he could. Mm-hmm. He, I really think he had a lot of pressure coming in, even to this, like this whole season, just because of like making the playoffs and then getting eliminated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think fans expect so much from him, and I think that can also weigh on him. Mm-hmm. But I think if if you can go into a season with no expectations on what you're going to do, mm-hmm. I think he can be. I think he can be the guy somewhere. All right. Like I said, still undecided. And I think. I just because he's like yes, he's had bad flashes, but his his upside that we've seen is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I'm I'm undecided. I feel like if you put. And he's obviously an extreme example, but if Mm. you put Jimmy Butler's heart into Jason Tatum's body, you'd have a first ballot Hall of Famer. And so I don't know if that element of it is something you can teach, but at the same time, who he is, even without that, is already like a, at worst, second team All-NBA guy. Mm -hmm. And you can do a lot with that. So um, can he get better? Can he work on those things? Can he learn it? Absolutely. So um, we will have to find out. What do you think uh, next year looks like for Boston and Golden State? Um, I haven't looked at the expiring contracts yet. I haven't either. For for Golden (laughs) State. Because I know, I think one of the big three is maybe due for a contract extension. But Mm -hmm. I think think they'll probably stay the same and just Mm -hmm. like a trade market um, for their bench players, yeah, and maybe just try and upgrade in a couple spots. Mm-hmm. I think everything else will stay the same for them. Mm-hmm. And then Boston, I think it could 
it could get interesting. Because mm-hmm. I've seen a couple Jalen Brown talks. Oh, interesting. Um, and I've seen a couple Bradley Beal talks. I've seen a little bit the of Celtics. that. Um, so I don't know. I think I think they'll probably all go away and everything will stay the same just because, you know, you don't want to mess up something that's been good all year. Yeah. And will probably be good again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, honestly, if they were to switch one player in a blockbuster, it would be Jalen Brown. Dang. Just because... I mean, he's probably at his highest value right now. Exactly. And I think Boston could take advantage of that mm-hmm. and just see, like, oh, like what would happen. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting because, you know, part of the argument is always kind of like, what's the most valuable thing to have in the NBA is like mm-hmm. multiple wings that can switch and score. And they've got two of them that are at all-star level. But it's also like kind of the Clippers situation is, although their thing is mainly health, but if your best players are both concentrated on the same area of the floor and then you've got no high-end talent on either the ball handling or finishing side of Mm -hmm. it you know is um, your team bound to be pretty good but not good enough and so yeah that's interesting because it might be better to spread around the talent to the other positions um i'm very curious to see what they do with that that's a that's a good point and i think your point earlier about golden state potentially um consolidating wiseman and a couple of the um high upside um bench guys into another um guy that's more ready to win during the current timeline mm-hmm. is is a really good point because that might be what happens and um, i also think boston will boston will find some type of trade or i don't know what, if they have draft picks or what they have this year mm-hmm. um but they're going to find some way to enhance their bench because that's that's really all they need yeah they got um, to and I think what's even more important about not, about them needing to do that is we don't know how much longer Al Horford's going to be that mm-hmm. good. Like, he's old. And, um, you know, the rest of the guys, I think they're all solid. They're all young. Um, you know, even Marcus Smart's like 28 at the oldest. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they're going to be fine. Um, but they're going to be lacking in size if, if uh, Horford starts to get old and Rob Williams can't stay healthy because they don't have any on the bench. Mm-hmm. Um which team do you think is more likely to be back in the finals? Mm. I mean, like everyone said, beginning of the year, Warriors were not were not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a little bit of hope for Boston beginning of the season, but like, I, that's a hard question. I think right now, I would have to go Boston mm-hmm. just because. The big three are getting another year older. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach is going to have another year. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Yudoka's going to have year two under his belt. Um, I think it's tricky. Like, yeah, I really don't know because, I mean, Golden State's obviously still going to be really good mm-hmm. next year. Um, but the West is going to get better too. Right? Yeah, that, so that's what I was, yeah. Dallas is going to get better. That's um, Phoenix will still be around. Uh, Denver will be healthy again. Um, Memphis will be older. Um, who else is there? Was someone else I was thinking of that's kind of coming back? Um, well, not this one, not so much coming back, but I think New Orleans will be better. Mm-hmm. They finally hit on something, and then with Zion added to it, that's yeah. going to be something. Um, but then again, West you know, is going to be. 
It's gonna be a juggernaut again. Yeah. <laughs> the Clippers will be healthy. And that's why and that's why I think you almost have to say Celtics in that situation. Because mm-hmm. really for them it's get past Milwaukee. Yeah. And, and that's Miami gonna hit sometime. Yeah. So Miami. it's like I think you almost gotta you gotta go with the East team no matter what. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. Um What if time if Middleton's healthy what happens? I don't. I don't know. I still think <laughs> he would have played a really big role in that series, but I think Boston still would have won. Interesting. Because I think. Are you saying if Chris Middleton's a hundred percent? Are you saying like if he just plays on his injury? I think the Chris Middleton that would have been there would have been at worst at eighty-five percent. Okay. I I don't think he would have been able to put them over. Really interesting. I think if you looked at Chris Middleton two years ago mm-hmm. and put him in that situation now, they would have won. Okay. I just don't think he would have had what it took to add that extra amount and beat Boston. Dang. All right. All right. I feel like he would. I, I think uh, Chris Middleton... I never judge what he does during the season mm-hmm. to be an indicator of what he'll do in the playoffs because he's just one of those weird guys like John Salmons used he to be. Just goes <laughs> like off in yeah, or like Jimmy even. Like mm-hmm. if Jimmy has a bad season, I'm like, all right, well his playoffs are going to be great. Like, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, no, I could. I, I mean, I definitely see the argument. Like Boston still won anyway, and um, you know Giannis just going off was not enough on its own. So um, yeah, interesting, interesting. All right, time for biggest frauds of this season. <laughs> so due to very disappointing and also a lot of um, a lot of unnecessary chatter leading up <laughs> to it, my first nominee is this finals version of Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's not a season-long fraud. I mean, he was one of the better playoff uh, players the entire time, easily mm-hmm. top five. Um, but as far as the finals are concerned and as far as being Kobe 2.0 is concerned, that turned out to be false, yep. at least this year. Um, who do you got? I think my first, my <laughs> first has got to be James Harden. I just, <laughs> he, e, that's a good one. He's just not it anymore. And it's a good one. I think some people are starting to realize and some are not. Some people think, ah, he'll be fine, but. Yeah, he's he's not it anymore. He's not the Houston Harden, um, and I. And he's only getting older. Yep, I I think <laughs> next year his numbers are going to decrease a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I think we might even get a whole season from what we saw in the playoffs. It might be his whole season next year, which would be horrible for Philadelphia. Yeah, no, I I think I'm right there with you. Like. Um, you know, I was talking about this with uh, with Michelle earlier today because you know she was dis- we were discussing what's going to happen with Harden and Philly, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's weird because he's not the kind of player you want on a bad team where he's the best star. He already mm-hmm. forced his way out of that. He's not the player you necessarily want pairing up with other stars because he's proven to be disinterested. Mm-hmm. So, where does that leave you? Like, it, it, does he need to be in like a 
I don't know, Bradley Beal in Washington type of situation where he's the best player on a team that makes the playoffs but doesn't go anywhere. Like, he wants to be competitive enough. Like, what is it that he even yeah, wants anymore? That... Um, I still think, like I said last time we talked, his play style now is not Houston James Harden. Mm-hmm. His play style is, like, the Brooklyn version of Darren Williams. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just a big point guard now. And, like, he has a step back, sure, but it's not like he's going to that regularly. So, um, very interested to see. That's a great nominee. It wasn't even on my radar. (laughs) Um, My second nominee, and obviously all condolences to everything going on with his personal life and family, but it's got to be Carl Anthony Towns. Mm -hmm. That guy is just a clown. (laughs) Like... Um, I was actually listening to an interview yesterday with um, Chris Finch, the coach of the, mm-hmm. of the Timberwolves, and he talked about how Anthony Edwards has done a good job um, settling in behind Cat since Cat's their best player. And I was like, is he? Like, I mean, he's probably got more pedigree right now. Yeah. But, I mean, I think this already was Anthony Edwards' team. Mm-hmm. And obviously, as the coach, you can't say that. Like, you're going to upset the balance of whatever's working. But um, but it's got to be Carl Anthony Towns. Like, his just outward going out there and trying to psych himself up and have those good moments for for the uh, for the social media breakout uh, that were clearly very <laughs> prescribed. Um, they were just really awkward. And mm-hmm. maybe he's just a socially awkward dude. But... Um, but no, he just makes me laugh. I can't take him seriously as a he, one. He's definitely goofy. <laughs> who is uh, who's your next nominee? Gosh, this is hard <laughs> because I I think I can personally call him a fraud. Like, yeah, granted, he might have been hurt. Okay, but Anthony Davis. Ooh, um, yeah. I just yeah. He to me, I don't know. It, there's just something about him that he just doesn't have heart to play. I feel like. Yeah, I feel like when you know the Lakers are not doing like they're not playing well. He granted he's out with probably like a thumb injury or something like. <laughs> he should That's be able to tack. play through that. Yes, Agreed. and not act injured. Like you're playing with LeBron James, like mm-hmm. you and you have a great bench behind you. Like you should have easily been at least the two seed this year if you weren't being all petty mm-hmm. and not playing. Man, that is that is a great nominee, actually. <laughs> so you know how I've been talking about how we need to have our dirty player draft. Mm-hmm. I think the other main draft that I'm like really, really excited to do is players that are thought to be a one, mm-hmm. but mentally are not a one. Because um, you know, for me, that's like Anthony Davis, that's Paul George. Like, mm-hmm. who? Which are the guys that have the talent to be the best player? And to be a superstar, but their heart isn't mm-hmm. that. And it'd be cool to do kind of the opposite, you know. Like, like um, I think Jimmy Butler is about like the best case scenario for one of those guys. Like, he's probably yeah. just barely too good. Like, he is probably a best player um, on a team, but um, you know, maybe someone like um, hmm, what's a going like Jordan Clarkson, like in his head, he's the best player, but he's not talented enough mm-hmm. for it. But he has the mentality of a best exactly. player. Um, I think my next uh, my next fraud has to be um, Donovan Mitchell. I knew it. I, knew it. <laughs> I 
have always hated on Rudy. I think he's annoying. Mm-hmm. I think he uh, just his whole personality, like the most um, emblematic thing possible was his whole like wiping the COVID all over everything when it started and (laughs) him starting the first outbreak in the NBA is hilarious. Like that's so wild. But on a personal level, I kind of feel bad for him Mm -hmm. because Utah, they just kind of did him dirty. Like that whole playoffs, they were like, Hey, we're not going to try it all on defense and you're going to clean up all our mistakes. But on offense, we're going to pretend you're not here Mm -hmm. because, you know, screw you. And, like, he was still trying just as hard even though his team clearly did not have his back. Um, And I think a lot of the blame for that has to be Donovan Mitchell. Like, he's not the only guy that did that. But as the star of the team, if you're saying, hey, it's important to me that we treat Rudy like a person who's on our team, he's also a star. If he was doing that, everyone else would follow suit. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it's clear that that was not the case. Um, you know, I think it's, it's alarming that somebody that is supposedly the best player on a playoff team cares that little about defense. Um, you know, obviously, you know, my favorite guy is Luca and he's no uh, Bruce Bowen or anything, but like the last few games, he was really putting an effort into at least, you know, do his part, get those two seconds of, you know, defense in before help could come. Like, I didn't really see any of that from Donovan Mitchell. And he's got the athletic ability and all the talent in the world to be an amazing defender, and we've seen it. Um, but he was like a, a cone, you know, for, yeah, against yeah. Dallas. And it's not like our guys are good, but our guys are not like turn really good athletes into cones mm-hmm. good. And so um, I think it's got to be Donovan Mitchell. I like that. <laughs> who's uh, Who's your next one? I'm going to go the playoff rod. Okay. DeMar DeRozan. Oh, oh, hurts my heart. He, <laughs> I love I love DeMar, but his playoff stint this year was horrendous. It was rough. Kind of reminded me of the uh the Toronto series against Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Just kind of disappeared. Yeah, I don't like like he played he played almost at an MVP level all season. Mm-hmm. And it's like they hit that they hit the series against Milwaukee, and it was like, where did he go? Yeah. Just Granted, disappeared. you don't have Lonzo, but still, like, you should you should have been able to perform better. And Grant, I, I love Demar. Like, I'm I'm not just dogging him just because, but like, <laughs> he he just fell out, like out of nowhere. Didn't like. So I think I can't remember how old he is. I know he's like on the older side, but. Yeah, probably thirty four. Yeah, that's okay. That's what I was thinking. I think next year with the Bulls, I I mean I think, Grant, you get back a healthy Lonzo. I think there's some stuff up in the air with Vuce right now. He's thirty two. Demarius. Yeah, younger than I would have guessed. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Um, I guess he just got. I guess he just aged so much on the Spurs. <laughs> the Spurs will do that to you. They make um, you an old soul. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I was I was real disappointed with this playoffs this year. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, again, that's another good one. I didn't even have on my radar, but that's why you're here. <laughs> if I uh, if I came up with all the content, it wouldn't be wouldn't be good. Um, <laughs> let's. Is there anything else, uh, fraud or playoff? Or finals-wise that we need to discuss before going on to the offseason? 
not that I can think of. Okay. I think, yeah, I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah. Um, first biggest thing that's happened this off season involves both of our teams. Yep. The Christian mm-hmm. Wood trade. Let's hash out. So the details are, I pulled it up because I wanted to make sure we got it all right, is Christian Wood for the number 26 pick in the draft tomorrow. And then Boban, Marquise, Chris, Trey Burke, and Sterling Brown. What do you what do you think happened here? <laughs> I mean, I was so earlier. I had seen two different talks, and granted, they would have been like, I think they could have had like they had potential to happen, mm-hmm. but I think it would have taken more time to develop. And the Rockets kind of want. I think they they want to plan now and like mm-hmm. get this pick so they just don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, I feel like Christian Wood is one of those players that really hit. Um, a negative spot in the Rockets season. Yeah. I granted, I, the Rocket season to me was almost a success because we were competing in every single game, mm-hmm. but losing by, you know, five, 10. That's, that's what I like to see because when you add another player, add someone else, like that gives you hope. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, I still think this trade is beneficial because, yes, we're getting a developmental player at 26. Um, and I heard talks that they're actually going to keep Boban probably. Wow, good. I was kind of surprised. <laughs> um, but I think they did good by getting a first round mm-hmm. and not taking in any bad money either. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely not any bad money at all that's coming back. All those players um, are good Um locker room guys for the mm-hmm. most part i think Mar- marquis chris is kind of whatever but yeah. the rest of them are all very very good um bobon's long been thought to be one of the better teammates in the whole league um and like they can sort of play like bobon's talented trey burke is a really good offensive player mm-hmm. um and sterling brown is he's all right like he, he'll hit an open three and he i mean he was on the <laughs> so. rockets right before he got traded to uh Dallas anyway, so yeah. he'll just be kind of right back where he was. Yeah, and so they know what they're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, for Dallas, I think, you know, the before we get into what Christian Wood will be on Dallas, because that's kind of obviously the big thing, mm-hmm. um, I think it's interesting that we created that many roster spots. Yeah. Um, that's three additional roster spots um, in one move, and none of them were guys that were crucial to this playoff mm-hmm. run, which is crazy. Um to not have to give up any of that, I think, is shocking. Um, but very, very good job by the front office. Um, I'm obviously a little bit worried as to the locker room fit of it, as Christian yeah. Wood does not exactly have the reputation of being easy to play with. Um, but who knows? Maybe winning will change that. He's never played on a winning team. Exactly. Um, he's only ever had guys, um, you know, quit on the teams he's been on. <laughs> and so, you know, that's probably a big part of it. It's mm-hmm. going to be helpful to be on a team where he instantly knows I'm not the star here. Um, I think that can definitely help rein some people's personalities in. Um, but on the court, I have off long been beating the drum of, we need a better player than Dwight Powell in our starting lineup. And, you know, Christian Wood has lined up as a power forward for pretty much his whole career. Mm-hmm. I mean, he played a little bit of center in Detroit. But um, a starting lineup of Luka, Brunson, who they now say is almost a done deal to come back, um, Finney Smith, Bullock, and Christian Wood is just miles better of an offensive team than that same lineup with Dwight Powell. And now 
Maxi Kleber is not going to be run ragged trying to make up for whatever Powell can't do mm-hmm. and playing 37 plus minutes at night. Um, and I think Christian Wood, to me, the reason why he's such a good fit too is that he can help with the rebounding, the interior stuff, but he can also shoot. And mm-hmm. you have to be able to shoot to play with Luca. Um, I, that's what we thought we were getting, uh, when we traded for KP all that long time ago. And that just never worked. And I mean, he was never really much of a rebounder anyway, and he couldn't stay on the court. But this team makes us better without giving up mm-hmm. anything that made us good. And I feel really good about it. And I'm, I'm, I'm still hearing talk. I don't know if they'll be able to afford it. Mm-hmm. But I'm still hearing talks about maybe going to get Miles Turner too. I'm hearing that too. I'm hearing that. Which would that would probably? I think at that point you can even bump someone out of the lineup and make Christian Wood a power forward type mm-hmm. if you wanted to. Yeah, it I think gives you, you the choice. The, you get the lineup flexibility of going small or big. Yeah, I definitely think so. And he's a good defender, and mm-hmm. that's what. Um, will really help fit in. And, you know, I heard some, there was some talk about like, well, Christian Wood's not exactly a great defender. Will he hurt the Dallas defense? But honestly, if anybody can make him a good defender, it'd be Jason Kidd. Mm -hmm. Like the guy's so involved with the players, players love him. Um, We're already getting an upgrade from what we didn't have with either Tim Hardaway Jr. coming back healthy Mm -hmm. and now being, a bench with Dinwiddie and Hardaway is such a better offensive bench than before. Um, or whatever trade value Hardaway brings in. Because exactly. that's a $20 million salary spot. That could be a pretty good player mm-hmm. attached to, you know, maybe another, another sweetener. So either way, Dallas is getting better. Obviously, the whole rest of the West is getting better too. But I think there is a legitimate argument to be made that the most complete offensive player in the NBA right now is Luka. Mm-hmm. And when you have that in your back pocket, there's a chance. And so <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But um, I'm very excited about Bronson potentially mm-hmm. coming back. I think that's that had to happen. That was a, that was a given that uh, I think, I think Luka is an easy player to play with if you're a role player. Yeah. But if you're a star – I don't know how easy that is. And having already found someone that can be mostly a star and already likes it, I think you got to lock that down. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think is going to happen offseason-wise with Bradley Beal, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook? Okay. So I want to start out with Bradley. Mm-hmm. Um I saw something yesterday about his contract Mm -hmm. and someone, I think someone said he declined it, but he reposted something and said like, what? And it was a, (laughs) but behind it was a video of him in his, uh, wizards Jersey, like on a media day or something. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the wizards might be trying to pull something where, I mean, granted they have KCP now, Mm -hmm. KCP, Chris Stapps. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Kuzma. Rui Hachimura. He can he can be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think he's going to stay, and they're also going to get another piece. Really? I think they're going to somehow go out and get another piece. I um, could see all three scenarios happening mm-hmm. with him. I could see him declining, saying, you know what? I finally had enough. 
I could see him doing exactly what you're saying, like, hey, let's try to compete. And I could also even see him signing and then by December asking for a trade. Yep. Like, I just truly do not know what to think with, with Bradley Beal. And, and, yeah, there's just not enough information out yet about what yeah. he, like, really wants to do. Yeah. I know everyone on social media wants him to decline and go somewhere else. Because <laughs> that's more interesting. Yeah, but. exactly. Well, I, I've heard somewhere that he apparently said that he wants to be the Dirk of Washington and just yeah. stick around forever. But that's like the weirdest comparison <laughs> yeah. ever. Like they've never done anything <laughs> there. Like Dirk won a title. Like yeah. that's so, that's just a and weird thing. I think he can have the pieces. I think that, I mean, honestly, I think for Washington to compete, mm-hmm. they really just need one more player. And mm-hmm. my, I think they really just need like one more good player. They need a point guard. And I think they can compete. Yeah. I think, um, what was the trade? Oh, they sent Montrez to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. But I think they got back Ish Smith. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, he's not like a starting caliber point guard, but I think mm-hmm. he gives you depth. Mm-hmm. I wish they would go, like, granted, this is not going to happen, but I wish they would go for someone like a Monte Morris or like yeah, something like Tyus that. Tyus Jones I mean, is a yes. free agent. Like, I think yeah. they, if they can go for someone like that, who can just give them good, solid, you know, 10 and 7 every night. Mm-hmm. They I mean they become pretty competitive, I think. Yeah, I mean they were at the start of the year. They were definitely not a mm-hmm. disaster um initially. Um what do you think happens this year with James Harden? I know we talked about on the court it's probably going to be bad, but contract-wise. Yeah. I know he wants the max. That's not happening. That <laughs> like that is not happening. And if someone gives him a max, they need to be like fired or something cuz like <laughs> Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. Um, Irresponsible. I think I think he's going to stay in Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I also wouldn't be surprised if he ended up getting flipped and traded somewhere else mm-hmm. by the deadline. But as of right now, I think he's just going to spend his summer in Philly and mm-hmm. stay there for the start of the season. And I think they're just kind of going to test. Because I think right now he's still kind of on his test run. Because mm-hmm. really all he, he had half was... season. Yeah. I think this will be the end of his test run to see what he can really do with Philly. Yeah, I agree. Um, you've had a whole summer to mesh with Joel, mm-hmm. so I think I think this will this could be the end all be all in Philly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, who even knows from there? Yeah, I agree. I think he is. I think what we're most likely to see is a two year deal with at least one of those years being max or close to it Mm -hmm. and seeing what happens from there. Um, Because if he does, isn't signed beyond the season, there's no trade value Mm -hmm. on that. Like every, an expiring contract is cool, but if you're getting a star player, you want to know they're going to be there. Um, Star player. But (laughs) what do you think happens with uh, Russell Westbrook? I mean, he, he could have been on the fraud list. easily. I think, it's hard because of how big his contract is. Yep. And I think what's, what what I hope is going to happen is that him and John Wall are going to flip again. Mm-hmm. But the Rockets will also take in a pick. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I hope happens. I think, I both, think it's on the table. Both of their contracts are just so big that no one's going to want to sign them for what they want. Mm-hmm. Especially Russ. Because like... John Wall, I think you could ha- he could have more opportunity. Like, granted, he's older, mm-hmm. but he's had almost two seasons off, mm-hmm. and 
I think he can still give you at least two years left in the tank of him performing well. Yeah. Way better than what Russ can give you. Um, I don't even think Russ, if he gets out of L.A., I don't even think he's going to be a starter wherever he goes next. Jeez. Kind of late um, post, um, what was I going to say? Post uh, New York mellow yeah, type of situation. Exactly. <laughs> I think he's he could end up hopping around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would honestly, I would love for him, granted, if he came to Houston, it'd probably be almost a similar situation of what John Wall ended up doing. I still think he can mentor players like Jalen Green and stuff like that, though. Yeah. And I still think the Rockets would probably give him because they. I think the Rockets would only be smart to play him some to give him trade value going into the the, the, the deadline. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I think I've heard um, it being tossed around that what if he goes back to OKC and mm. I'm not. I don't see that as being totally out of the question, but I, I do think OKC's in the draft game right now like four, four or five pick i mean there's no there's no way he goes back to <laughs> there's no value yeah. that he adds to that team yeah um i think ironically the team that he fits best on is probably going back to the wizards mm-hmm. but i don't see a clear path to that happening yeah. without the lakers trading back for their old assets which is yeah. really weird um because I, I think you need a special blend of hey like we need someone to compete but also we need the stuff that he does mm-hmm. and can't afford to cover up for the stuff he doesn't. And the Lakers were the probably worst case scenario for that. And I think they just thought, you know, LeBron James is so good that it will sort itself out. Mm-hmm. And that's not what happened. No. So I, I am very curious to see. I don't think the trade deadline will end with Westbrook as a Laker. Yeah. I think that's impossible, mm-hmm. but it will, it won't, ho- it won't happen overnight either. I think, uh, There's a, they're going to try, they're going <laughs> to try and get as much as they can. Mm-hmm. Like they, because they're going to have to add some value back. Yeah. Cause he was on a massive contract. Well, he was on a way bigger contract than what he performed. Yeah. Um, Grant, I don't know now if he's going to be demanding that once, he signs his next contract. I would hope not, because if he is, he he might not even be in the league. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know It'll, that that'll be a real interesting. I think it's going to come late though. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of the last trades to happen, mm-hmm. um, unless somehow something gets pulled off for tomorrow night's draft. Yeah, between him and John Wall and getting like a, I think the, the pro the proposal was like a. Flip and then Rockets also get like 20, 2022 second round. So, yeah, if that that would be the only trade that would happen to where it would be now, I think the rest is yeah. going to fall in the late. I agree, I agree. I think that's one of those trades that takes a while to develop because both sides want to try to not get screwed as bad, mm-hmm. but both sides know they're kind of losing. <laughs> like, I mean, at this point. Russ's contract is a sunk cost for whatever team gets him. Yep. And they just have to say, if we, like, would you rather play, pay 50 million nearly to a guy to be okay or, you know, eight to 10 for a guy to be bad? 
And if they really need okay that badly, then they might do it. But yeah. we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, what do you think happens with Kyrie? Ooh. All the stuff that's been brewing this past couple of days, I think has been a little ridiculous. <laughs> um, but honestly, I don't know. Because, mm-hmm. I okay, I know he's not going to the Lakers. I know that mm-hmm. much. Yeah. I think the only way they, that could maybe like have potential of happening was a three-team yeah. Which actually sent John Wall to Brooklyn. Mm. And then Westbrook to... It sent Westbrook somewhere else, and then Kyrie would come in. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not that's not happening. Um, I really don't know what's going to happen with him. Jeez. I... It's going to be interesting. Granted... Brooklyn might just, you know, be like, you know what, we're going to keep him, see what he can bring. But then Ben Simmons is coming up. Maybe he's going to play good. They don't know. No one knows. No one knows what Ben Simmons is going to do. Um, <laughs> ben Simmons doesn't know yeah, what he's he, going to do. He can't even, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't... Uh, he could have been on our fraud list, too. He yeah. didn't even play all year. <laughs> but see that Kyrie, I mean, so... But I think you're also looking at the same situation now with Kyrie, kind of a, almost a Ben Simmons situation of what is he going to do? Like, he don't know. Yeah. Um, He's unpredictable. Yeah. And I think having two players like that in your organization is tough. Mm-hmm. Because they have such high potential. Mm-hmm. But then when they're, like, not playing or doing, you know, just random stuff, like, you, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I mean... Same with they don't know what's going on. I I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because it's it's different than the Westbrook thing because he's still at the peak of his powers. Mm-hmm. Like so, people would want him, but it it's like do you overpay for unreliability? Mm-hmm. Is kind of the thing, and um, you know everybody always pays and overpays for talent, and that's just part of it. Um, I think the whole KD having leverage in that, like, hey, like, I'll be mad if you get rid of him is such a weird aspect yeah. of it. Like, I think he is not – I think he probably would rather have a more reliable teammate. He already had probably a big part in getting rid of Harden. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But I don't know, man. It's That one's very tricky. That one's real tricky. I think that's another, another one where we need to wait on more information to come out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not to be cynical, but how much of the information that does come out can we even trust? Because exactly. this is the Brooklyn team that told us we're two games away from Ben Simmons for three months and then we never played. Never, yeah. <laughs> so um, I think it's just a weird situation all the way around. Um, and I think whatever happens, I'll be surprised and not surprised both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just a, just a strange one. <laughs> Um, this one is not nearly as big, but still an important player that has played uh, important roles over the past few years. What what happens with P.J. Tucker? He's being offered 30 for three years yeah, in Philly. Which is kind of wild. Mm-hmm. Um, for his value, I'm not. I'm giving him max six a year. Mm-hmm. Is this a take the contract and worry about it later type of thing? Because, I mean, he's bounced around a lot. Like, that's a big yeah, payday. He's been... If I was him personally, I would take it all day. Yeah. And you reunite Harden and Tucker. I mean, yeah. Who knows? That could maybe have an effect on James Harden. Could um, be. 
but I don't know because I'm also hearing talks about the Rockets trading. See, I think if PJ Tucker accepts the Philly, I think hopefully the Rockets end up flipping Eric Gordon to the Heat mm. for Duncan Robinson and a pick. Interesting. That would be my hope because um, I think Duncan Robinson could. Grant, he's not going to play on the Heat anymore. Mm-hmm. With just like their bench just exploded out of nowhere, but he wasn't one of the ones that really mm-hmm. showed he could do it. But I think if you put him on a Rockets team that's developing, I think he gets his admin playing time there. Yeah, I think um, so. So I think, but I think going back to PJ Tucker, I think if I was him, I would accept it. I don't know what other offers he's gotten, but that has got to be the best one. Yeah. I think so. I think that is a situation where it's almost like the payday is too good to be true and mm-hmm. he will take it. Um, at the same time, him and Jimmy are probably the most heat guys that have ever existed. And so yeah. it's weird to even think about him finding that and then leaving it. Mm-hmm. Um, another place that good? I don't know what, what their money looks like, but I think another interesting place I could offer him could be Phoenix. Ooh. Um, I think if you get around the same offer, that could be another great place for him. That's that's um, really interesting, yeah, because that's kind of an upgrade on the current um, Jay Crowder situation. Mm-hmm. Not by a lot. I mean, they're both pretty yeah. much at the same level. Jay but Crowder goes ham in the good. playoffs too. Yeah, but I think I think he could find a nice spot there too. That's wow. That's interesting. I hadn't even thought about that. Um, I really liked that. Eric Gordon, Duncan Robinson trade. I think that's really interesting. I really hope that happens because I cannot stand Eric Gordon. As a Rockets fan, like, I loved him when he first came in with, like, Ryan Anderson and that whole trade went down. But, like, now it's just like, what? Like, why is he, why, one, why is he even playing? He's, like, 50 years old. And two, I don't know. Just the shots he takes and stuff just make me mad. Even if he makes it, I don't know. There's just something about him now where it's like, you got to go. He he'd be a good Heat player. Mm-hmm. He'd be a real well, good he, Heat player. He would fit there. I don't know. I think I think he'd be a good Heat player too. The offensive bench of uh, Hero Oladipo, Eric Gordon would be would really be, good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Hopefully that happens. I think it would probably happen tomorrow night if mm-hmm. that were to go down. Yeah, um, that's true. It's kind of the biggest. Or even day for tonight. it. So yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see what because um, there's obviously going to be a trade that's going to go down in the draft. But yeah, I mean, I don't know yet. The Heat do need to get rid of Robinson. Mm-hmm. Like he can play, but he has he's kind of he won't be there. Because like Max Max Strews came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he basically had a Duncan Robinson effect of oh, I'm just came out of nowhere mm-hmm. and started hooping. Like he. Oh, we would take him in Dallas. He broke through, like, <laughs> yeah, he. I don't know. He's he'll be an interesting player for next year. Yeah, because he kind of popped out of nowhere. Yeah, it'll be interesting if he can keep keep that same like energy. Yeah, but then when you have Gabe Vincent coming off the bench too, Kyle Lowry now, I I just don't see a spot for Duncan anywhere. No, I think uh, it's one of those things. Like once you have had something and then lost it on that team, it takes a really, really specific kind of player mm. to be able to not be discouraged by that. And I don't think he's a bad locker room guy by any means, but I think that as a shooter, 
you've got to have confidence. Mm -hmm. And if that's what's gone, then you shouldn't be there. And, um, but he could definitely fit and help a lot of teams. I mean, uh, JJ Reddick made a career of almost like 15 years of pretty much just being an offensive guy. Almost the same, same, almost the same situation. Yeah. And, you know, he made it work and there's always a market for, for shooting. And it's not like you need him to be a guy that's going to play 30 minutes a night. Mm -hmm. Like if he can come in, hit two or three in 15 minutes, 15 minutes, that's what you need. Um, very interesting. Awesome. As far as the draft goes, who goes number one pick tomorrow? Who becomes a member of the Orlando Magic? I think the Magic, they know who they're drafting. But as a spectator right now, I think it's up in the air between Chet and Jabari. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if if all three teams go for best fit, mm-hmm. it's going to go Jabari, Chet, Paolo. Interesting, yeah. Because um, I... Like, granted, I've never been a big Chet fan, mm-hmm. but looking at, like, like watching his highlights and looking at what upside he could have if he got stronger, granted, okay, they're comparing him to KD right now. I no. think that's ridiculous. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Um, but I think you're, what, 7'2", mm-hmm. and you can move, like, a point guard. Like, I Like, yeah, you have really good potential. So I think if you're looking at a potential standpoint – Chet could be the best potential player, I mm-hmm. think, in the draft. Um, I think Jabari Smith is going to come in and just be give you a solid 10 years of just this almost the same production. Because mm-hmm. um, I think he's the most NBA-ready now. Mm-hmm. But I think in the long run, he's going to give you the same numbers probably year in, year out. Mm-hmm. Um so, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think best fit, though, Orlando's going to take Jabari at one. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And I'm praying Paulo falls to three. <laughs> I think that is the order I've pretty much heard a lot is Jabari to Orlando, Chet to Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. Paolo to Houston. But I have heard some that flip the first two and have Chet as – the number one pick just from, like you said, a potential Mm -hmm. um, standpoint. I think the interesting thing with Chet is like, I don't see him ever becoming like a 25 point a game scorer, but the fact that he has the emotional intelligence to play with people and have all like the off ball stuff on offense and defense that he does at such a young age is really impressive. Um, But it's one of those things that's like, I think the draft is such an exercise in overanalyzing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, at this point, if we have to get down to the nitty gritty of can this guy defend off ball and is that why he should go number one or not? Like, maybe we're overdoing it. But at the same time, that is an impressive skill. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I think Chet is definitely, he's the most interesting guy Mm -hmm. i don't know that he's the best guy though i think the best player right now is paolo in my opinion and i think if if houston gets him paolo and Jalen green and back-to-back drafts is pretty good and definitely i've also seen see this this is another thing um i 
the Ro- I had to look it up just to make sure, but the Rockets right now are also interested in signing Mo Bamba. Interesting. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think with the three, and I also just saw that the Sixers offered the 23rd pick for Eric Gordon today. Um, I don't know if that was, oh, yesterday. So Why I don't has know. that not already happened? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's all we need. And that would give us four picks, four first-round picks, um, which is what we need. But I think I think Chet could go first. Mm-hmm. If the, the problem with him not going first, I think it would have been evident he would have gone first if Orlando didn't have a log jam right now at the center and power forward position with Wendell Carter. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it looks like Mo Bamba's going to be gone now. But then you add Jonathan Isaac into the mix next year, who was hurt. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why Chet won't go one is because they have a log jam at, at the backcourt right now from front court. Yeah. No, I think I think so. I, I think after a certain point uh, or in those situations, I think fit is everything. Mm-hmm. And... Um, when at least when there's not a clear best player, yep. like I think if you know you do like the um, what, what's a draft like, let's say like the Zion draft with Zion and Jaw, like that was that's not a fit thing. Mm-hmm. Like you take whoever you think is the best player because they are now going to be the direction your franchise goes mm-hmm. in. Like you don't mess that up over. Well, we already have a power forward. That's weird. Yeah. But in this draft where there's not a clear head and shoulders above everybody else, this guy you cannot miss. I think fit is a little bit more important because mm-hmm. um, it's about who you have and who you pay. So, um, yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, are you excited or nervous for your Rockets? <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm excited. Yeah. All the, all the mock drafts I've looked at really the, the one, literally the only person I want out of this draft is Paul. Yeah. Um, I think there will be where we're scheduled to pick. I think there's going to be some people that fall, mm-hmm. and I think we're going to need to take advantage. Um, one person, another person I'd like to see is um, Osman Diang from France. Okay. He's yeah. like I think he's 18, and he'd be a developmental player. I think if we drafted him in, I think with the 20. 26 pick if he falls, mm-hmm. the one that y'all gave us. Um, <laughs> I think it would be great to see him pick him up there and then get – they're talking about giving um, – in mock drafts, mock drafts, I've seen either Kennedy Chandler at 17 mm-hmm. or just another guard. But I'm, I would want him to see – I want to see them go for more of maybe like a – Jeremy Sohan, if he falls, mm-hmm. I don't think he will. I think he's actually going to maybe go in the top 10 because um, his potential is wild. Um, you never know. Crazier things know. happen. I think draft night is always so unpredictable. Like, you see all these things like, oh, they're going to – I think top three will be pretty predictable, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I think if, if Jabari goes first, the, the other two will play out, like everyone said. But I think after you, like, when you hit that fourth pick, it's kind of like anyone from there. Yeah. Because, oh, man, if the Rockets didn't have a guard, like, 
at logjam at guard with Josh Christopher, Kevin Porter, Jalen Green. Like, if I'm a Rockets fan, I'm taking Jaden Ivey third, but like. Yeah, I mean, he's really good. I think Jaden Ivey potentially could end up being the best player out of this draft class. I know it's a wild take, but like. That's why I think it's so funny and so perfect that Sacramento has mm-hmm. the chance to either take him and take another point guard in a row. You know, I not. think <laughs> I think the Knicks are maybe going to trade up for that pick. I mean, if I'm Sacramento, that's maybe not a bad idea. <laughs> well, I mean, and you just got Sabonis. I mean, yeah. I think if you're Sacramento in the with the fourth pick, I would try and I would try and get really good trade value for that. Mhm. Because you have Davion Mitchell, who played really well. Mm-hmm. De'Aaron Fox, who, he's just been solid. Mm-hmm. He's, I think he'll continue to be solid. Um, he reminds me of like a Colin Sexton, Darius Garland type player. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, honestly, I think the Kings, if you give them two good pieces, mm-hmm. I think they can compete. Yeah. Um, They're not awful. I was really shocked that they traded Tyrese, but yeah, that's beyond me. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I I think the fourth pick tomorrow is either going to get traded mm-hmm. or Jaden Ivey's going. I think they so trade, too. I think they 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 could even potentially trade De'Aaron Fox. I think the most likely scenario, like you said, I think is trade to New York. New York takes Ivey. Mm-hmm. They finally get the guard they want, and I don't know what Sacramento gets out of that, but at least they're now That's, not yeah. saddled with the, hey, you took four guards in a row. Yeah. Which I think is kind of the biggest thing with them. Mm-hmm. Like, at this point, Sacramento just needs a good PR draft. Yep. <laughs> yeah. draft Sacramento just, kill them. yeah. They're, oh, I don't know. They're they're an interesting team to, uh <laughs> I don't know. Oh, and I also saw that Kenyon Martin is requesting trade, which honestly, I think that can also almost confirm that Powell is going to go third. Because mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's where Kenyon Martin plays. He's a small, he's a small power forward. Mm-hmm. But I think the Rockets could get good value for him. Yeah. Granted, it's not going to be a first round pick. But I think you can get a young asset from another team. Mm-hmm. Maybe pair that with a second round pick, like in 26, 27. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, But it does sound like Kenny Martin will not be a rocket anymore. Mm. Yeah. No, I think uh, the tea leaves are there for, mm-hmm. for Paolo. But it's one of those things. Like if you got the third pick, at least you didn't make the choice, right? The choice yeah. was made for you. So we'll just have to see who's left. After those first two go, I mean, Grant, wild. I there, I, I don't think there's any trade talks around third pick. No, if I don't there think was, so. they just not. I, I haven't heard any about pick one or two either. either. It seems like that I've top heard three is locked Orlando down. is still open, mm-hmm. but like they would have to get just a massive like package of players, and they have yeah. to get something. Yeah, it would have to be really good because Orlando is one of those weird teams that's not good but does have depth. Mm-hmm. So, like, adding on just, like, pieces isn't really useful to them. They're exactly. probably going to get rid of pieces. So, um, yeah, it's got to be a kind of a blow-you-away package mm-hmm. for sure. But I think 
OKC is definitely not trading their pick. I mean, really, what they really need a player like Chet to mm-hmm. come in and do what he did. Um, yeah, need someone to connect all the pieces mm-hmm. they've already drafted. And when you have you know a million picks in the next five years, it's like even if he is somehow a bust, which he I he will still give you ten and ten. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, He's got a high floor. Yeah. yeah. I think he could get up to the point where maybe he's averaging, you know, 20 and 12 one day mm-hmm. when, you know, maybe like three or four years down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I just think with the Thunder, like they have such an excessive amount of picks mm-hmm. that if they mess up now, there's always going to be next year for them for a while. Yeah. So, I don't know. They've got, yeah, you're absolutely right. They've got a big cushion to whatever mistakes mm-hmm. they make. And um, and there's still always that potential that if they don't get a top three, one of those years they'll consolidate and get the first. Exactly. Um, and the fact that they even have the chance to discuss that says a lot about how they, they operate. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, kudos to them. It's ridiculous what they're doing out there. <laughs> it's almost like an, a, a, an experiment. But... Um, Awesome. Well, is that everything that we need to cover for the finals, offseason, and current frauds? <laughs> I think so. I mean, I think we covered everything. All right. Well, sounds good. Well, next time we talk, we're finally going to do it. We're going to get the dirty player draft. We're going to figure out who uh, uh, who we're taking. We're going to go uh, 2000s on, 2000s to current, um, which opens the window for some really good characters. Um but still shuts it off right before, um, you know, it doesn't open the entire history of everything. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think we need, uh, you know, guys like, um, you know, Dennis Rodman or <laughs> guys like that in it. So, um, yeah. we'll see how it goes. I'll be interesting to see how we approach it as to, are yeah. we picking the dirtiest players? Are we mm-hmm. picking a team that could actually play? Are we picking, uh, you know, guys that wouldn't kill each other or is maybe yeah. guys that would kill each other better. Like I'm interested to see the, the approaches that we're going to yep. take with it. Cause I, I don't think there's a wrong one, but <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, another great episode in the books. Mm-hmm.